Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am Nick. I'm Matt. And we are here with another random monster from a random monster manual. This week, Matt has manual in hand. Matt, what do you got? We have the Tome of Beasts from Kobold Press. Good old Kobold Press. Yep. And we are on page 82. Okay. following along. All right. Am I going to know this one? You're probably not going to know this one, no. So I'm, I'll just say it because it's got a, a specific name okay. to it. Okay. And as a side note, this one actually falls under the heading of Demon Lords. Of all the demons lurking in the abyss, few are as vile and disgusting as Akishigal, the Lord of Cockroaches. Ah, mm. uh, okay. His filth-slicked mandibles clack ceaselessly for the flesh and souls of humanoids. Now, although Akishigal has sired an entire race in his image, he craves followers among humans, elves, and other races as a means of corrupting civilization, rotting it from within. Despite his repulsiveness, Akishigal has followers among the urban dispossessed, the swamp-dwelling poor, and those who lurk in lightless undercities. His shrines are tended in abandoned houses, tanneries, and butcher yards, as well as in sewers and similar places. In these shrines, kidnapped victims find themselves submerged in filth up to their necks. Oh. While the demon lord's cultists chant, sacramental roaches feast on the prisoners' <laughs> eyes and tongues. Sacramental Tongue. roaches. Yeah. They're adorned, maybe. A victim who survives the rite is dumped back onto the streets. <laughs> Congratulations, I guess. Yeah, that's your that's your baptism. Yeah, exactly. Akishigal's cults are almost as difficult to stamp out as real cockroach infestations. No matter how they are driven off or crushed, followers resurface among the teeming mobs of the downtrodden. Typical worshippers include evil humanoids, particularly kobolds and goblins, as well as roachlings, minor demons, slaves, thralls, and shadow creatures of all stripes. Are... Are roachlings the 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 babies that he had the the whole race? Because they say he's he's spawned an entire race. I would imagine that that's basically what it is. After the entry for Akishigal, there is a, an entry for the spawn of Akishigal. Oh, okay. So okay. I'm assuming that's what they mean. Okay. Yeah, he is uh, being a demon lord. You would expect something a bit more powerful, but he's only a CR twelve. Oh, okay. So he's kind of the. Uh, the early boss, I guess, in yeah. the video game vernacular. AC 18. So that's not terrible. I guess for 12. That's uh, that's kind of low for 12, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's natural armor, too. He has nothing. Uh, just a just a crunchy shell. Just, yeah. It's like an M&M. <laughs> candy. He's, his candy coating exactly. only gives him an 18. <laughs> He has a 21 strength, though, so he's very, okay. very strong. Yep. 17 dex. Khan is 22. Yep. Intelligence at 19, which you, I guess you would expect wow, from the leader of a cult. He's right? he's pretty beefy. Yeah. Wisdom is 14 and charisma is 24, so wow. that's, that's definitely what you would expect. His lowest stat is a 14? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, athletics, acrobatics, perception, they're all very high skills. Stealth is a plus 11. Damage immunities to cold, lightning, and poison. Okay. And he has dark vision, as you would imagine. He speaks abyssal, common, draconic, elvish, infernal, and he has telepathy of 60 feet. 
The elfish and draconic are a little surprising there. A little bit, but I guess you can explain that away as him. You got to be multilingual if you're going to recruit. I guess, sure. But he's not. See, you're calling him a cult leader, but he's not, right? Like he's a god. Or he's a he's a demon lord. I guess the cults just spring up independently of him. Right. So right. that's true. Yeah. He's corporate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he franchises out. That's what exactly. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. This is uh, Ray Kroc right here. Yep. Akisha Gall's innate spellcasting ability is charisma based, and sure. he can innately cast the following spells requiring no material components: detect evil and good, magic circle, and teleport at will. Wow. Three times a day, dispel magic, insect plague at the sixth level. Naturally. And shape change, but it's only vermin. Okay. And then once per day, contagion, and it's always filth fever. Oh. Now, the shape change, that's that's like on him, right? He, ca- he I would imagine. He casts, yeah. he, he casts himself in, as vermin? Yeah. So just a small version of himself? He's a little possum, okay. a little rat, something like that, probably. Or, or, or a little cockroach. Cockroaches, yeah. yeah I guess. <laughs> He's feeling really frisky, a possum or yeah. a rat, yeah. He can do summon demon once per day. Wow, okay. A Kishigal can summon a chasm demon. A okay. chasm demon appears in an unoccupied space within 60 feet. He acts as an ally of a Kishigal and can't summon other demons. He remains for one minute until it or its summoner dies or until its summoner dismisses it as an action. How many hit points does he have? Got to be pretty beefy, I imagine, with a con. Well, he's got a high con. 138. Okay. At 12, that's not bad, I guess. I suppose. It's always so hard to judge. Yeah, I know. He has four claw attacks, which okay. is plus nine to hit. Because he has four claws, not like he uses one multiple times. No, that's correct. Yeah. He's, he's multi-limbed. He has cloak of swarms, which he can emit a cloud of flying, stinging insects from his mouth, his oh. eyes, and the tear... And the tears on his skin. Oh. that's. I, I want to say I've seen something like that somewhere, but I can't place it. Candyman? The, yeah, the yeah. bees come out of his mouth. The cloud surrounds him to a depth of five feet. When the cloak is active, all attacks against him are made with disadvantage, and he can see in all directions through the insect's eyes. Ooh, that's cool. That's a nice little touch. Yeah. They just instead of a... Like a fog reskin or something, you know? Absolutely. It yeah. gives it a little bit more, a little something extra, I guess. But he he can't move them or anything. Oh, wait, you haven't finished it. Yeah, there's, right. there's okay, actually go, quite go a bit of it. Go on. Any living creature that starts its turn within five feet takes 2d10 piercing damage. Wow. Plus 3d6 poison damage. Just in melee range. As long as you're in five feet. Wow. That is rough. So that's... That's not an attack or anything. Like, that's just auto damage. And you know what? I guess that might make up for the lower AC. I suppose, yeah, if he can pop that. Yeah. Or half as much poison damage with a successful DC 17 con saving throw. If the saving throw fails, the character is poisoned for one hour. Ooh. The swarm lasts for five rounds. It dissipates instantly if a Kishigal takes 30 or more damage from a non-weapon attack that he doesn't have resistance to. Okay. While poisoned by the cloak of swarms, a character emits a stench of decomposition. All uncontrolled vermin attack that character on sight and in preference to other targets. Uncontrolled vermin. I love that. Just random rats walking by. Yep. Yep. Let's let's hope you're not walking in the slums in some city while you're you're Yeah. Do you, now can you can you save every turn on that or if you if you fail that save, you're you're done. 
it doesn't say I would probably l- allow them a save every turn because it lasts for five minutes. I thought it lasted for an hour. Or an hour, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, five rounds the the swarm lasts. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So because it lasts so long, I, I find it to be a little bit overpowered if you're not allowed to save. I don't know. I kind of like the idea. If I mean, you, it's only an hour. Yeah. It's, it's not like three days or anything, you know? Well, that's true. And it makes for, for some cool... Or some just some different encounters and experiences, oh, yeah. and if if you're say you're in you, you, you contract the or you you're poisoned in like a back alley, so you are in a city. Yeah. So you have to deal with those consequences. Absolutely. I don't think it's terribly op because it's really just an RP thing. You know, it's it it doesn't sound like you're really taking much damage or anything. That's true. I mean, you could play it a couple different ways with that. I suppose. I mean, you could have if you really wanted to, you could have. All kinds of uncontrolled vermin all around that, uh, right? That then would attack, or but... like a just even a a random encounter roll, you know, sure. or, or a percentage, yeah, every every minute or so. Or I mean, if you're going for an hour, that's a long time. So presumably they're going to get to some place that's safe. So in the process of getting to that point, do a couple of random rolls, yeah, and then they'll eventually find a place to lay their head so to speak yeah. where it's it's a little bit safer yeah yeah just hold up until it's yep. done he has a speed of 40 feet which makes it pretty which is good considering the fact that this is a swarm around him so he can't move the swarm but he can move 40 feet and he, okay kind of get up in your business basically see i initially thought what's it called cloak of some cloak of swarms see that to me, that makes it sound like he's going to stand in there yeah. and get like attacks or uh, get disadvantage or something. But what's the point of being able to see through their eyes? Probably so that you can see all around. Because it since it's all around him, he can see every size. So he can't. You can't do a sneak attack. You can't do. So so it is disadvantage if he's in there. Does it? Because it, it didn't. It doesn't say that. Does no, it, it doesn't say anything specifically in that regard. But given the flavor text, that's how probably how I would play. I it. totally would if he's in there at least. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. And it looks like it's it's not like your your regular swarm where it inhabits a square and you know maybe you can move it, maybe not. But it's kind of independent. This seems like it's almost a like a cloak, like a part of him. And it yeah. just kind of covers him and probably, I would say, moves as he moves. Oh, okay. So it's it's like that that mist or that fog that, mm-hmm. that you can see from spellcasters that kind of follow them around and, mm-hmm. and provide disadvantage or whatever on attacks. Interesting. Okay. But, yeah. it, but it provides a little bit more, obviously. Yeah, I think, I definitely think I would keep that. Oh, yeah. Because that is, the disadvantage is bad enough, but that, that that damage is is really pretty hefty. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you do that, and then he gets four attacks off. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's and tough. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. Th- those those all in conjunction make him feel a lot a lot stronger. Make make him feel like he he deserves that Lord of the exactly demon Lord or whatever the heck he is. You know, he feels powerful enough now with that. Yeah, at the beginning it was. Almost like, uh, man, I don't know. Does he deserve the Demon Lord moniker? Yeah. But now with all that, I mean, that that is a scary, a scary creature. Yeah. You know, even the even the weenies need a uh, 
need a lord, I suppose, you know. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, goblins need somebody to look up to. Even when it comes to the hierarchy of demon lords, he's obviously at the bottom. Sure. Taken outside of that, let's not even think of him as a demon lord. That's still a powerful creature. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. Like, I would, even as level 12, he seems pretty solid. Absolutely, yeah. Especially given those those powers and, mm-hmm. I mean, that Cloak of Swarms is ridiculous. Yeah, I think throwing him at a party of 15s would still present a challenge. I agree. I agree. And the Cloak of Swarms actually has a recharge on 5 or 6. So it's... okay. It's not just a, you know, it's not just a summon demon once per day thing. Yeah. This is a, you better hope he doesn't. He could, Yeah, he could feasi- feasibly get it back. Exactly. And that's, you said it lasts for five rounds. Yep. Yeah, that is, that is a long time to have your full party fighting at disadvantage or taking those hits. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it, that's one of those where you better hope you roll pretty high on initiative so you can get at least a couple hits in before he pops that. Because if I was the DM, that's the first thing I would oh, do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And is that an action? Does it say? It doesn't say. I would play it as an action. Okay. It's just, I mean, it's kind of under the action. I know, heading, but sometimes it'll but say, yeah. oh, so that is an action. Though. I would say I would, so. I, I would yeah. imagine that it kind of goes up to that spot, too. Okay, so... First move, oh yeah, your barbarian and fighter close in. They hit him. He casts that, but doesn't do any attacks, obviously, because he's only got the one action. Yep. But they end up taking damage on their next round. Correct. And then, out of this blur, they no, they end up taking damage on the next round. Attack at disadvantage, and then two claws come out at each of them. Correct. Like the, it takes. It's a little bit of setup, and it's it's a really good payoff. Yep, that's oh, that's nice. Plus, if you can pop it before, say your rogue gets there, then they don't. You're not going to get your your sneak sneak attack. attack. Yep, and even better, say your your barbarian and your fighter or whatnot want to maybe not exactly rush right up and and start hacking away at this thing in case there's because they don't know what it does. Sure, yeah. You walk right up to him within five feet and just pop it because you you can move and then do, take your action, right? Yeah. So there. Yeah, or or pop it and then walk up. Well, that too. Yeah. 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 It's it's creepy. And it it in a sense, I think if doing AOE ignores that disadvantage, I think right, uh, doesn't it? I don't know for sure. I'm oh, sure there gosh. are some people out there that are going to let us know. Yeah. But I would imagine. So if you drop, it basically forces your casters to use high-level spells oh, if sure. they want like a really solid good yeah. hit. And to be honest, I mean, it just makes sense because AoE is really what works on a swarm anyway. That's true. Yeah. It's just, just overall splash damage. Exactly. You're hitting the most of whatever that is. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I mean, you may think that that's enough. But he also has legendary actions. Oh yes, okay. He can take two of the three that are listed in the in the text here. He can teleport. Oh, that's right. Yes, he can cast teleport. Yep. Uh, at will. He can cast teleport at will. But there's also legendary actions that he can take. Oh, he which... can do two of the three, so he could teleport again, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm yep. assuming. 
So uh, legendary actions are, are two of the... Th- you have... I have three choices here. He can take two actions, two legendary actions per yep. turn. And there are three options. One of them costs two actions. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So he has teleport. He has what's called skitter, which says he can combine an attack with a move up to 20 feet as if using a withdraw action and is not subject to attacks of opportunity. Wow. So just... Okay. Yeah. Just in and out. Very cool. Which is great when he doesn't have the swarm active. Yeah. Get out of there and then pop it again. Yep. Sure. Or attack, then get out of there. Without getting an attack of opportunity. Precisely, Ooh, yeah. That's nice. Uh, and then for two actions, he there's spell casting where he can cast insect plague from its innate from his innate spell casting ability. Hmm. So uh, a free yeah, a basically. Free spell. Yeah. Which is the one at the sixth level. So oh that's my gosh, a sixth level spell for free. That yeah. is so solid. And I mean, he can cast that for. Three times per day. So technically, I mean, that's that's quite a few times in that combat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're really nasty, you you, you pop those, you, you wipe out your spell slots. Because yeah, why not? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the the regular party. It's not like you're, you're not you're, preserving anything. You're not the wizard. You're not the cleric. You're not, yeah. you don't have to worry about the next battle because presumably you're going to die in this battle. Yeah. So yeah, right, why not? Right. Yeah. You, no. you burn through it. It's it's a one shot. Exactly. Yeah. That's why DM 101 is use your coolest stuff first. Yeah. Because you're never going to get to do it again. Exactly. So Insect Plague is a fifth level conjuration. So he's technically only casting it one level higher, but yep. still range is 300 feet. The okay. components, it's verbal, somatic, and material. The materials are a few grains of sugar, some kernels of grain, and a smear of fat. It's a concentration. Interesting. So, yeah, it's up to 10. So, swarming, biting locusts fill a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range. The sphere spreads around corners. The sphere remains for the duration, and its area is lightly obscured. The sphere's area is difficult terrain. When the area appears, each creature in it must make a con saving throw. A creature takes 4d10 piercing damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful and they must make a saving throw when they enter the spell's area for the first time on a turn or end its turn there. And then at 6th level, it's just up a d10, so that's... 5d10? 5d10, yeah. So that's that's basically your your cloak of swarms just... On somebody else. Within 300 feet. So anywhere in there, you pop that. So you... Three times. You basically have two swarms... Yeah. One. That are, yeah, one centered on you and one yep. centered on presumably the spellcasters or whatever. Sure, yeah. And that is that is a really interesting kind of crowd control dynamic, too, because yeah. that cuts down the battlefield considerably. But it's only a five square foot. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the point in dropping it on the caster? You get, you hit him once. It doesn't say you can even move it. Yeah. You hit them once, and then they step out, and then they can still attack, you know? So how would you do it? I would imagine that if you're going to encounter a Kishigal, it would be in, like, a, a sewer yeah. or a, a dungeon, something like that. So you've got cramped like that. quarters. That's exactly. Point. So it's not, like, you make a very valid point in terms of 
you, it's only a five foot by five foot or five square, however you want to put it. So in a wide open area, it, it doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, right. But in those cramped quarters, when you have multiple swarms, I think that would be, a, if nothing else, incredibly inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think you're right there. I also, I'm trying to think of a way that it would make sense to maybe if he like backed himself into a corner or something and you, and, and the fighter and barbarian or whatever were sharing, like they only had like three spaces between the two of them to work. Yeah. You, you pop your cloak and then you pop one of those. Like right next to each other, like a Venn diagram of terribleness. Yeah. Yeah, but again, no matter where you drop that, it's really only going to be one turn. Sure. Unless you find yourself in like a five-foot wide hallway. Well, the other thing is, did it? Did it, the spell description, didn't it say it provided some sort of... Lightly obscured. So what is the, is there a mischance associated with that? It's like a 20%. I don't know if it's mischance or or just basically a bonus to AC or gotcha, something like gotcha. that. But that being said, he can sum he can summon swarms or something too. Not this per se, but can he am I making that up? I might be making uh, let's that up. Let's see. There's summon demon, maybe. There's summon demon, there's Insect plague, yeah, that's okay. Just those two swarms, and he can summon a demon. Okay, I'm I'm just trying to think of, of of other ways to use this in conjunction with things to bottleneck them or force sure. them through. You obviously can't go through the demon, so if you want to pass through, you got to pass through the insect plague, something yeah. like that. For for basically forcing them through it, if it's a if it's a ten foot wide hallway, demon is in one square, yeah. insect plague is in another. Demon Lord is is further back. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. It's. Yeah, you're just building up that line of defense, almost like I it's guess, a tower yeah. defense game or something. Yeah. Yeah. So even if five d ten, so you obviously want to time it to so you, drop it on someone once at least. At you want to get that five d ten out and really scare the hell out of the players for sure when. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you, it's 300 feet. Maybe you. Oh, okay. I got it. So you, you drop it on the warrior and he takes 5d10, the, sure. the warrior, the, the fighter, whatever. Yep. He takes the 5d10. Everyone's like, holy crap. That's terrifying. Leave it up for a couple of like a round or two. Yep. And then just have him cut it off. Or, I mean, he'll he'll be bopped a couple of times. Maybe he loses his concentration. That's a very valid point. Then, I don't know how long the combat is, but if you really want to play with him, then drop it, like, kind of close to the wizard. Drop your next one, because he, get, he gets it three times. Yeah. So drop it kind of close to the wizard, just to scare him. Yep. And then, it's basically... It's basically a time like, oh, it's coming for you. It's coming for you. And then yeah. if he's alive the next time, drop it on the wizard. That's it. So maybe the wizard sees that and backs up a little bit. Maybe you're now out of the the range of whatever spell he was going to cast. But it's 300 feet. You can't get out of range for that. No, maybe the by oh, the, the wizard backing oh, up, sure. he is now out of range to cast anything. You, so he's scaring back the wizard. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, I like... 
the yeah. the very sadistic DM in me oh, yeah. really likes the idea of like I'm coming for you, you know, kind of thing. If you can do it four times a day, you know, three times a day three normally, times. and then do the legendary action. No, that just allows him to cast it outside of of his. Gotcha. Okay. His normal actions. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, three times a day. Still, yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that in the combat period. You should not. That should happen three times. Yeah. Within the combat. Yeah, and I guess just just be really strategic about it. Yeah. Yeah. I either you you build the battlefield to basically be an obstacle course. Yep. And 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 make the placement of that insect plague easier and more effective. Yeah. Or you you make it a, a a, a meat shoot and basically it's a straight tunnel that they have to get to it. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking the sewers, the sewer level in any Ninja Turtles game. Any Ninja Turtles game. I knew you were going to say that, but I was thinking <laughs> Diablo three. Um, okay. Those, yeah. Those, those sewer levels. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I mean, the, one of the easiest ways to do that is difficult terrain. Sure. Crawling yeah. through a sewer is, you could argue is going to be difficult terrain. Yeah, that is that is something that I all too often overlook is the very easy addition of rubble, half walls, difficult terrain, things exactly, like that. Yeah. It it allows for the players to be hindered but also be strategic and yep. that's that's awesome. Yeah. That's that's and here well, it's even easier. I mean, you just do right. water up to the shin. And I think that oh, would count. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and then hopefully, let's see. I think Warcaster gets a bonus to shooting, to casting spells behind cover or something like oh, that okay. as well. I think so. I, I, I might be missing. Yeah. I never remember what Warcaster is, and it drives me bananas. Um, but, yeah, give, giving them, giving them stri- strategic placement of things that they can quote unquote turn the tables on the DM, you sure. know. So satisfying. So satisfying to see. As a DM, I personally think I like I love it when they 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 figure they it out. Flip it out on, on to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah, that is really cool. And especially if you are actually building the level. It's one thing if you're just reading an adventure path or sure. something. Because usually that kind of stuff is built in mm-hmm. there. But when you hide it's almost hiding the Easter egg. Yeah, you know, and right. when they they find it, you're like, all right, I know I'm going to die, but that's okay. Yeah, you go into it knowing exactly. Yeah, and what I want is for you to find all these little hints that I'm putting in there. For Make you. it cool. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you can you can tank and spank. That's fine, and and in some ways, that's that's also fairly admirable if you're if you're building a campaign or um, if you're building an encounter that is to be beaten by being crafty. If you just like put on the blinders and headlong, just, just burn just this charge. thing down. Like, yeah. All right. That's, there's something there's, there's something, I don't want to say admirable, but like, it, it's kind of impressive. The, the, the obstinance of just like, this is how we play the game. Yeah. You know? It's like, if you're building a scenario for, you know, Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and 
Professor X, and then the Juggernaut just comes in and levels everything. Yeah, right. It's like, all right, we can do it that way too. Yeah. You know, you got to give them credit for just going with their gut, I guess, in that yeah. scenario. Yeah. And and maybe if that's all your players do, no matter how much you try to make it sure. all alternative and, and having, having different options, maybe you do a little bit of railroading and, and like that is the only way they're make, sure. make a puzzle, make something where they have to manipulate him into a magic circle or, or something in the environment yep. before they can even scratch him. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing is just because you juggernauted the hell out of this guy in the first encounter doesn't mean you can't use that same mechanic in a later encounter. Oh, sure. To, to you know, get your point across, I guess you right. could say. Yeah, so, if they haven't seen it, no matter how many times you've you've made it an option, if they haven't seen it, it's brand new. Exactly. Yeah. So don't ever throw ideas away just because they didn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Maybe just put a, put a different skin on it so it's not like the exact same looking thing. Of course. But, of course. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would be your ideal party makeup? Say oh, a party oh, of four against okay. this guy. Okay. I think I would definitely want a Sork in there. Maybe, maybe a Sword and Board Life Cleric. Okay. Because they are ridiculous healers and also really good tanks. Maybe, oh, what's the damage? I would, what's the, what's the cloak damage? The cloak damage is. I know some of it's poison, but what's yep, the other slashing? It is piercing damage. Barbarian. He would half the piercing damage. He would okay. half the damage of the claws. Definitely okay. barbarian. So he's there. the guy that's, that's up in, yep. in the fray. Absolutely. Okay. And, and he's probably got a pretty good constitution, I would imagine. Oh, so, I, would, I would hope so. So he yeah. would most likely facing a CR twelve, he'd be able to make a DC seventeen saving and, and throw. And then half the poison. And half as the well. poison. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And I don't know, like maybe maybe a, a a bow ranger. I wanna. I'm trying to think of a scenario where it would be good to have a rogue in there, but that is kind of a liability with that cloak. Yeah. Like knowing, knowing full well, we have all the time in the world to prepare and build our party. We know exactly what we're going against. I don't think I'd put a rogue in there. No. I mean, I I have to imagine that if you have a rogue up to this level, the majority of the damage you're going to do is based on sneak attack or flanking or something like that. And I don't, I mean, would you, Allow him to be flanked if he can see from all sides? Absolutely not. Okay. No way. Yeah, neither would no I. Way. So yeah. so he completely negates a rogue, so if, which is... If that cloak's not on, though, that's the thing. Oh, sure. It may never come back. You may never get that five or six. That's true. To recharge that. But do you go into it... If you're building this party, I mean, do you go into it with the rogue in there and maybe you're wasting a spot? I know. That's the problem. I know. Maybe Arcane Trickster. So you could get some spell casting. You okay. could u- be using uh, just fire firebolt. You know, sure. that's a D ten. Or it's like I think it's two two D ten. It'll okay. be multiple D tens by by twelve for yeah. sure. And that's a cantrip. You can spam that. 
And then when that cloak drops, you go in there. Granted, it's not the same kind of damage you're getting with an assassin rogue. Yeah. But it's you're still doing a couple extra D six. But you are hitting every time, basically, yeah. in terms of And isn't there a there's something with rogue where you don't even have to catch them by surprise or anything. It's you just have to have an ally adjacent. Yeah, yeah. When you're flanking, you get a, a flanking. Oh, board. it's an actual. You have to be flanking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah i I don't think certainly an arcane trickster rogue would be a good option if you were going that route. Yeah. 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 If you wanted a rogue, I would think an arcane trickster. Okay. Well, maybe a maybe a bard. Maybe someone with utility slash penalty casting for okay to go against the yeah. the what is it what's it? a kishigal a kishigal I think I'm thinking vicious mockery but vicious mockery is only disadvantage on your next attack and if he does four plus attacks that's true like that that kind of that's kind of a drop in the bucket you yep. know. Maybe a bear form druid or something, but then why wouldn't you just have another barbarian in there, you know? Yeah, and I mean, if you have a, a cleric that can sword and board like that, though, I mean, it, to me, that takes up those two slots. So, yeah, yeah another caster. I think a, a bard is a good one because yeah. then you can, if nothing else, you can buff your allies. That's like crazy. true. Yeah. Get, uh, spam all of the, all of your bardic inspiration and things like that. Yeah. Maybe a, Oh, maybe an evocation wizard. I think they're the one. They have a lot of splash damage and stuff. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I would go Sork, Cleric, Barbarian, and then... You could probably make just about anything work as long as yeah. you have those three. But Yeah, I think those three are really solid, but you definitely yeah. want some... Just, like, one additional person doing DPS. Absolutely. The, although, with the Bard, you wouldn't be getting a whole lot of damage. So, no. but But if he... If he had the right buff spells going, yeah. I think it should be okay. And with 138 hit points, it's not going to be... It should be a fairly quick fight. Yeah, it's if not going to be too long. Yeah, if you can break through all the you know, the swarms and all the other crazy stuff, if yeah. you can get past the, the summon demon that he has, which shouldn't be too big of a deal. Oh, yeah, that's deal. true. I forgot about the demon. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, that'll break up your, your party there for a second. Uh-huh. In terms of the two kind of fighting classes, I guess you could say. Sure. So, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a good makeup. And it should be a fairly quick combat once you actually reach a Kishigal. Yeah. So at, at level 12, proficiency bonus is plus four. Okay. So let's say Barbarian is using a, a club or whatever, so and his strength is maxed. So that's a plus nine to hit. Oh, yeah. Plus nine to hit. It's got to be nine or above on that die. Yeah. And plus he could take reckless attack, which allows him... Oh, no, that, that does nothing to hit, I think. Yeah, so it, half of the time he should be hitting. Exactly, exactly. And, and he sh- dealing a decent chunk of damage. So, that's it. Yeah, he, Akishigal doesn't, he doesn't seem to have... I mean, he's a bug. He, he's not beefy, you know? Exactly. But he's one of those things where I guess the at the end of the dungeon you're looking at maybe having some maybe some of his little roach 
spawn around oh, or sure. something like it's, that. Yeah, so it's he's definitely gonna, not just him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it'll be it'll be a bit of a gauntlet, but I think it's definitely one of those where, I mean, you, it's so you can say you beat a demon lord. One sure. of those things, you sure. know. Or, I mean, by twelve, it's a it's a little late in the game. But I was just saying, it's part of your your story. Is it's your maybe you're working your way up the demon lords, you know? Yeah, exactly. You just build a, a campaign based around that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I like that. Although if he's if he's one of the smallest, you, there's a lot of preamble. Oh sure. To, to get to that point, so maybe maybe you you start your players at ten. I was gonna say, why not? Yeah, no reason not to. If 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 these are the if this is the theme of your of your yep. your campaign, yeah, yeah, they're all seasoned adventurers, and this is the the assignment now. Sure, yeah, yeah, I like that for whatever reason. And you know, sometimes you need to mix it up like that. You can't always start at level one for everything. It's yeah. just it just takes too long to to get to the cool stuff. Yeah, it's a little certainly for unseasoned players. It is it's a little jarring to jump into something like level ten. Sure, but. But for people who have played five level fives, you know, throughout the time, like they they understand the progression. They'll understand how how exactly how their character got to that point and how the how all of the disparate pieces of a of a, a class and a subclass work together to 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 flow and and fit. And and I think it should be fairly simple to you know maybe you give them one or two quote-unquote test combats, you know, kind of let them yeah. figure out what they're they're actually playing with and and, and feel it out. Yeah, they're going to have a lot more to work with. So yeah. I, I agree. You give them a, some, a couple weenies to go through mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, burn some of the spells that they didn't realize they had or something like yeah. that. But Or recognize the utility of something that they didn't think would be so valuable. That's a good know? point, too, yeah. But that's also, that's a bit of extra work on the DM's part of, of recognizing like it's easy to run a game for for five level ones or even five level fives they they've only got so much yep but by by 10 like you're 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 pretty kitted out so you want to know what every player is capable of yep every character is capable of and what what they're bringing to the party and you kind of want to sculpt to allow them to to you want to create the locks for their keys basically you want to you want them to be able to fit into their thing and and feel like they contributed in a way that no one else could have absolutely yeah as opposed to just burning it down yeah the the story becomes a lot more specialized once there's so many different things that they can do yeah so nick one to ten cans of raid what would you give a Kishigal? I think I would give him six. Okay. I would give him a six. I like I like the idea, even for just a one shot, I like the idea of having to go up against him and fight him personally, and then the other way around, like throwing him at my players. He there's enough there. That he, it would be a really cool, unique experience. I think memorable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him, and and like we said, he's kind of the in the lower echelon of the the demon lords, and and that opens up a whole a whole swath of things. Yeah. Or say you you don't show them any other demon lord, 
This guy has his spawn. This guy has cultists, like you said, goblins and kobolds oh, yeah. and things like that. So well, there's a lot to play with with this guy. For sure. Yeah. I For think sure. There's, there's some fun potential there. I agree. 100%. That's kind of what I was leaning towards as well. Yeah. So great. All Love right. It. Spawn. No, not spawn. The, the Akishigal. Akishigal, the demon lord of cockroaches. Six cans of raid. He is vulnerable to raid, I believe. It says it in there. Yes. Stats. Yes. And uh, that's it for this week of Random Encounters. Thanks so much for listening. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. Thank you so much. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.